is hope. Their hope is here because Jesus is here. You guys believe that? Okay, well that's what, that's what our sermon series is this, coming, this fall, starting last week. And so uh, we are looking at the, the book of 1 Peter. And as we begin this, this message, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we thank you that you are alive. And we thank you that we can have hope in you alone. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would give me the right words to say today, that you would uh, open our hearts and eyes to see and understand what it is you want for us to, to, to learn from your scripture, to know about you, and how we can grow closer in a relationship with you today, Jesus. We pray that uh, you would just prepare our hearts for this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, as you guys uh, might have noticed last week, I, I talked about hope, and hope not in a sports team. And I, I don't know how many of you guys, it, it helped, but it definitely helped me last Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Especially when I said uh, my team was going to have an easy game that day. So I'm not going to talk about the Colts anymore, <laughs> because it was not easy for them, it was easy for the other team. <laughs> so... Um, you know, but hope is here, and our hope we're going to be looking at today is our, the second part of First Peter 1, and how hope is fully, our hope needs to fully be in Jesus. So not hopefully in Jesus, but hope, our hope should be fully, completely in Jesus as believers of Jesus Christ. And that's what Peter wants to tell, and that's what he wrote about, and so we're going to be looking at that today. Uh, But last week we looked at how when you're in Christ, you rejoice today in a living hope forever. We can rejoice both now and later. We we rejoice because our living hope is not just a hopeful hope. It's a secure hope in Jesus who is alive. And so as we we saw that, our our hope in, in Jesus is secure because it's secure in heaven. And we looked at how our living hope in Christ gives us joy even in suffering. Even when people say bad things about us, even when people around the world are, are persecuting believers in Christ, we still have hope in the suffering, in the persecution. And because our hope is alive and it's in Jesus Christ. And so then we talked about how our hope is, is not just for later. It's not just when we get to heaven. Yes, it is then. But our hope in Jesus is now and later. And that's what, we, that's what Peter wrote about in the first part of his letter to the churches, the scattered churches. Uh, and and we, as we look at this letter, this letter of 1 Peter, uh, this is the same Peter that was one of the disciples of Jesus. This is the same Peter that, that 30 years, he wrote about 30 years after Jesus had ascended. Uh, and he's writing to, you know, in the book of Acts, it, it talks about how the, the Christians started scattering. They started scattering to different places around the world, not just because Jesus said to, not just because he said to teach the gospel and preach the gospel to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, the ends of the earth, 
Well, it was because of persecution. And so Peter is writing to these persecuted Christians that are living in different places, and specifically, in this case, in the Asia Minor, which is our modern-day Turkey. And so he's writing to all these churches, and this letter was to be passed on to each, each church there to give them hope for tomorrow, hope for now, and hope in Jesus, and have our hope fully in Christ. And so today we're going to be looking at the next part of this letter in 1 Peter uh, 1, verses 13. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter. And if you forget, I gave you a little reminder last week. Does everybody remember my little reminder <coughs> uh, with some, le- some sounds? And no, no, no one memorized it? I mentioned it to David this week, and he said, what a- who is that? <laughs> he thought it was like some like, football player. <laughs> he, Japit, J.J. Rev. It kind of does sound like some weird name, but Hebrews... James, he, ja, Pete. That's where we get first and second Peter. And then we have first, second, third, John, Jude, and Revelation. He, Jepit, JJ, Rev. Bonus points if you know that next week. So, anyways, first Peter is near the end of the Bible. So, if you're not sure where that is, just flip near the, to the end. If you see Revelation, keep going to the left, and you'll find first Peter. And so, today we're going to be looking at the, the second part of chapter one, and just a little bit into chapter two. And you can see the subtitle for this in, most, in a lot of Bibles. It says, Be Holy. And so we're going to be looking at what does it mean to be holy. And so Peter says, Therefore, that's an important word there, but therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace that is brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the, to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Okay, so the, these first couple verses here, Peter is reminding the Christians that we have hope. And that, if you look at the front of your bulletin, it, there's a lot of translations that say that our hope is fully, our hope needs to fully be in Jesus. And uh, in, in not just Jesus, but in His grace. The grace of Jesus. Our, our hope needs to be fully in the grace of Jesus. And the different translations say this a little differently, and a few of them, it's, sometimes it's, it's interesting if you look at different translations of the Bible, because when we, when we look at different translations, we can see kind of where some of the maybe disagreements are, but it's not about the disagreements. It kind of helps us see how it was translated into, so we can understand it better. In fact, this, this part, the very beginning here, I mean, Peter is, is talking, he's using some language that we don't even translate into English well because it meant for them. It, we don't, it, the, the, the Greek here is actually saying, gird up your loins. Now, if you read the, the um, King James, it still says that. Gird up your loins. But in our context, we're like, what does that mean? <laughs> so, it, it really, it means bringing bringing to action. Be ready. You know, gird up your loins. Be ready to run. Be ready to do something. And so Peter is saying, having, being ready to do something with our minds. Think, our minds need to be thinking clear. We need to be sober. We need to be alert. We need to be ready. The way we think is going to affect the way we live. And so, 
Uh, also, I, I liked how in the, the message translation said this very differently. This is more of a paraphrase, but it says this in verse 13. So roll up your sleeves, get your head in the game, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Get your head in the game. I know that's, that's sometimes coaches say that to, to players. Come on, get your head in the game. Get your head in the game. Now, David asked me in football this a few weeks ago, he said, but you told me, Dad, that we're not, I'm not supposed to use my head in football. And I said, no, you don't use your head to tackle, but you use your head to think. We don't lead with our head in, in tackling in, in football, but we do need our heads in the game of whatever game we're playing, especially in, in life. And even, uh, it reminds me of High School Musical. I know, I know that was a, a play that a few people did recently this summer. Uh, Jacob Reynolds and, and also um, Natalie. They we're both in High School Musical. And the one part near the beginning, they talked, there's a song that says, get your head, get your head in the game. And I'm not going to sing it, but get your head in the game. Why get your head in the game? Your head needs to be in the game because you need to be thinking about what you're going to be doing. So Peter's saying the same thing. Be ready to think. The way you think is going to affect the way that you live. So get your head in the game. It's essential. When we talk about hope, our hope is not just that we're hope being for something. It's that we have a hope in Jesus that is secure. And it is, like we said last week, it's a confident expectation. We can be sure about our hope in Jesus Christ. So our first point today is that we need to think radically. You know, this whole part is about being set apart and holy, and we're about to see that in the next verses here. But the way we are set apart to be holy, the way that, we, that Jesus is calling us to be different than this world, it starts with thinking radically. It's weird to put your hope in Jesus. If you talk to people at work, if you talk to people in your communities, it's strange that you have hope in Jesus. But that's okay. That's, it's okay to be strange. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be radical because we are doing, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, He calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be different than the world. He wants us to think radically. And that's what Peter is saying right here in these first ver- few verses, verses 13 and 14, that we need to be thinking with our head in the game. We need to be ready. Not just do things, but be ready the way we think, what, it will influence what we believe. Verse 14 says that as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you were ignorant. Don't conform. It reminds me of what Paul said in, in Romans 12. In Romans 12, he says that, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing what? Your mind. 
Be transformed by renewing your mind. We need to be thinking radically. We need to be thinking radically, believing what Jesus said and putting our hope fully in Jesus and in His grace. Again, in Romans 15, 13, and we ended the service last week with this, but it says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. So that, you're, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is praying that to the Roman church, that, that, God, that God is going to fill us with hope. He's going to fill us with hope and joy, peace, as we trust Him. Not so that we trust Him, but as we trust Him, He's going to fill us with hope and joy, peace. So first we need to, to be thinking radically set apart as believers of Jesus Christ. You know, what are your thoughts recently? Remember that our thoughts influence our feelings. And our feelings influence our decisions. And our decisions influence our actions. You know, this week, you might have noticed that there's some... Uh, there's a, a boom lift out here. They're, they're working on the bricks. I don't know if we noticed that or not in this building. But they're, they're working on the bricks. And th- there's some problems with the building. The problems come down to there's been ice, and actually water, that's, that's getting through little small holes, small cracks. It's getting through and it's, and it's dropping into the next bricks. It's dropping into the next bricks. It's dropping into the next bricks. And what happens in the winter is it freezes. And it's breaking up the bricks. If we just said, oh, well, let's just go fix the bottom bricks. Let's just fix, let's just fix the, maybe what we would say, the behavior. That's not going to work. Because it's still going to keep dripping down and it's going to mess up the next brick. We need to start with the top and fix the top. And that's what they're working on. Very, it's taking a long time. But they're working on They're fixing the top. And so that when the top is fixed then it's going to influence the rest of the bricks. And in the same way, we need to be thinking radically. And it's going to influence the way that we live. And it's going to influence the way, that, the way we behave and our decisions and our actions. So let's be thinking radically. Are your thoughts filled with worry? With fear? If they are, maybe your mind is consumed with what other people think. Maybe your mind is not consumed with the hope full, the hope fully in Jesus and in His grace. And I invite you, and Jesus invites you, Peter wants us as Christians to not have worry and fear, but have our hope in Jesus, and it starts with our thinking. And let's go on, let's go on to the next part here. In verse 15, it says, Just as you, or sorry, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Now, now pause for a second here. That sounds really hard, to be holy. Now, what Peter isn't saying 
He's not saying be perfect because God's perfect. He's not saying we have to live perfectly. He's saying we need to be living in a way that's set apart. That's different than the world. That worships Jesus alone. He's not saying live perfectly. Yes, that's what we were, were supposed to do, but we could never live perfectly. And that's why we need the grace of Jesus. So please don't read this as live perfectly, but live holy. And living holy means that we're set apart, that we're different than the world, that we are special for God. And then he says in verse 17, since you, are, since you call on the Father who judges each person, each person's work impartially, live out the time as foreigners with reverent fear. So he doesn't want us to fear, like be afraid of Jesus, afraid of God, afraid of the Spirit. He wants us to live in a way that's going to bring blessing to him. He wants us to live in a way that brings reverence to God. Boom! That's what we do. We just live how we want to live, right? Right, kids? We live just how we want to live, right? No. Why not? Because we are to live set apart for God. We are to live differently. And that's actually our second point today. Is we are set apart to live differently. To live in a way that's holy and pleasing to God. Boom! That's what we do. It's actually not very easy to do that, is it? We have to first renew our minds. We first have to be thinking, getting our heads into the game before we're going to live differently, set apart and holy and pleasing our God. When we live differently... When we live set apart, pleasing to God, it changes what we, the way we think. It changes what we do. Our lives are about serving and caring for others and thinking the way that Jesus wants us to think. The more that we abide, the more that we are close to Jesus, the more that we're going to think like Him, the more we're going to start acting like Him, and so let's be in the Word. Let's be in Christ. And so let's be living differently. So in verse 17, it says that we are to be people that are having respect, a, a reverence for the Lord. And then, it, and then Peter says in verse 18, for you know that it was not, it's not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. We weren't redeemed by paying, by someone paying gold or silver as the price. We weren't redeemed that way from, from an empty way of life handed down to you by your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in in these last times for your sake. Through Him, you believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him. And so now your faith and your hope 
are in God. So we have our hope fully in God, fully in Jesus, fully in His grace. But what is His grace? His grace is that He lived a perfect life. He lived the way that He wanted us to be, set apart and holy. He knew that there was no way that we could come to God because of our sin. And so Jesus, in His mercy, He paid the price. He paid a ransom price of His blood so that we could be saved. He paid the penalty. We all owed the debts that we could not pay. And Jesus, His precious blood that He shed was the price. The price that redeemed us. The price that saved us. For those that put our trust and hope in Him. The perfect Lamb, it says, Peter says, that was chosen before the creation of the world. This was God's plan to save people. And he says here at the end of verse 21, and so your faith and hope are in God. Again, he says, we need to have our hope. This time it's not a verb. Last time he said, he said it in a very imperative way, a command. He said, set your hope fully in God and in His grace. But now he's just saying as a noun, he's saying your faith. It's just saying, so your faith and your hope are in God. Jesus saved us. Now our hope is in Him. So let's put our hope fully in God's grace. In Hebrews 12, it says, make every effort to live at peace with everyone and be holy. And then it says, not just holy, but without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See that that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up and causes trouble and defile many. We have our hope in Jesus. We have our hope in Him. And He calls us to be holy, to live, of, live lives of holiness, living at peace with others. So when people see the hope that we have, leading up to the next ch- uh, chapter 3, when, we, they, when people see the hope that we have, yes, it's radical. Yes, it's different. But it leads people to Jesus. And our hope is full in Jesus, and it will bring others to know Jesus too. You know, what would happen if some of the, what would be some of the descriptions of East Bend if we had, if people that knew people here, and they saw us, and they saw, man, these people are different, they're weird, they're radical, and, and, and that's, but why is it? It's because they have their hope and trust not in this world. They have their hope in Jesus. They are living their lives in, a way, in the way of Jesus. They are generous. They are serving. They show love. And I know that happens. And I'm not trying to say what if, but like, that happens. People see the hope that we have in Jesus. So let's think differently and let's live differently. Not just to be different and weird, but because that's what Jesus is calling us to through First Peter here. And let's read how the, this chapter 
ends here in, in 1 Peter 1. So he wants us to, to think differently. He wants us to live differently, remembering Jesus' sacrifice and his grace. And then in verse 22, Peter says, Now that you have been purified yourselves by, by obeying the truth, and so that you have sincere love for each other. Here's an imperative. He says, a command. He says, love one another deeply from your heart. So now that you have the grace and truth, now that you have hope in Jesus, now that you are living differently, you're thinking radically, now he says, love deeply. Love each other from the heart. For since, for you have been born again, not with perishable seed, but with an of imperishable through the living and the enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and their glory is like flowers in the field, and their grass, the grass withers, and the flowers fall. But what stays is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you, Peter says. This word is never going away. The grass goes away. The flowers goes away. We see this in the fall that even the, even the corn and the beans are going away. Things go away. But what doesn't go away is God and His Word. And we are to be full of hope in God and in His Word. And so in this, he's wanting us, if we're having our hope full of love, then show it by loving each other. And our third point today is to love deeply. Peter says we need to be loving each other deeply. Not just say, good job. Not just kind of be kind sometimes. But he wants us to be living our lives that shows people the love of Jesus in a deep way. You know, love is not a feeling. We see it all the time in movies. We see it all the time in whatever media we're watching or, or reading. Love is a choice. Biblical love is a choice. And we know that God is love. He chooses to love. And He wants us not just to feel love so then we love people, but we choose to love. And Peter says to love each other deeply. That people would see that we are people of love. That we are people that whatever happens, they see the hope is in us and they see that we love each other in a deep way. And how are we going to do that? And I, I thought instead of waiting until next week to, to look at that, let's look at the next three verses of, of 1 Peter 2. How do we do that? Well, it says, Therefore, rid yourself of all malice, of all deceit, of hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Okay, that's a, that's a small list, but that is a list of ways that we can love each other deeply. If we have malice, if we are deceitful or being people that are living one way and acting another way, saying one thing and living, being hypocrites, 
if we're doing all these things, it's not going to show love. It's not going to show deep love. And if you have some of those things in your heart, they are going to come out. We can try to hide it. It doesn't work. So if those, are, if those are things, or if there's other things that are causing you to not think of Jesus and being hopeful in Him and not living differently, and that especially that shows that we're not loving. If there's things in our life that are helping us, are causing us to not show the love of Jesus, we need to get rid of those things. Whatever it is, this is not, this is not the, the whole list This is just some of the things that are problems that we cannot have in our life if we are believers of Jesus Christ. These things have to go. Slander of every kind. We need to be building each other up. We need to be giving each other the benefit of the doubt. When someone disagrees or thinks differently than you or or says something different, let's give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they meant it this way. Instead of just being highly offended and, and getting mad and then talking bad about them, that is going to breed. That's, that's going to breed dissension, disunity, and that's not loving deeply. So let's get rid of those things. And and Peter says, like newborn babies, they crave pure spiritual milk, so that you may grow, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And he just gives this little illustration. Babies want the good stuff. They want the good stuff. And the good stuff is going to help them to grow. That good stuff is going to help them see and taste that God is good. But we don't keep going back to baby's milk. We grow up. We don't get rid of Jesus and, and His Word. We, but we grow up and we grow in maturity in our faith. We don't stay babies. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, when you taste that the Lord is good, that helps us put our hope in Him. That helps us to think differently think radically and live differently, set apart and holy, that helps us to know not just... It helps us to love each other even when it's hard and we don't want to. Because we know that God is good. We know that Jesus is good. We've tasted. We have abided. We know that we are going to Him. And from Him, He gives us life. And He gives us that hope that we need, that love and joy. Because God the Father, because God is our Father, we don't live in a way that conforms to the world. Rather, we live in such a way that is a reflection of who you are as God's children. That's uh, Kyle Eidelman on the Right Now Media uh, video about First Peter. He's saying that we should live in a way that shows, that it reflects that God is our Father. A few different times in this passage, Peter says children, children who are obedient. He's talking, he's not trying to talk down to the believers, but he wants us to have 
our identity as, in, as children of the Father. The Father that is good. And the Father that wants us to love deeply. And it's not loving deeply because I'm trying harder. When, the, when you have an opportunity to show love, often we think, oh, I'd rather not. I don't feel like it. But remember, when we are in Christ, it doesn't matter what we feel, we obey. As obedient children, we obey the Father. And if the Father is, by His Spirit and through Jesus, is telling us to do something, we say yes. Because when God wants us to do something, it's, be, it's for His purpose. It's not for us. It's to bring Him glory. And don't we want to bring Him glory? If we, are, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, don't we want to bring Him glory? Yeah. So let's do the hard things. So what, what opportunities do you have to love others? Maybe it means sacrificing some time this week to show love to others. Deep love. Maybe it means serving someone that's, that you have to step out of your comfort zone to do that. Maybe it means to look like you're taking the first step in a, in a relationship that needs to be reconciled. Even if you don't want to forgive, but you take the first step in, in reconciling a relationship because our call is to live at peace with everyone as much as it is depends on us we live at peace and we forgive maybe it's receiving god's deep love that you have seen in these verses that peter's writing that we are to have deep love for each other and uh, and having these deep, deep love and having our minds in jesus living out his grace, knowing about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, his love goes deeper than wounds or unforgiveness. But Jesus, and by his love, we can show others his love. So, back to these bricks out here. If we just try to fix the problem, if we try to say, why aren't, why aren't these bricks... Why aren't they just being better? Why don't, we, why don't we just switch out the bricks that have problems? It's not going to work. Same thing for us. If we just see that, man, we aren't showing love. We, there's, there's things in our life that we need to cut out. We need to start at the top. We need to start with the way that we think. We need to think. And, if that's, and that's hard. We need to think about Jesus. We need to be full of His hope. And that's going to affect the way that we live. And that's going to affect the way that we carry out His mission and showing love. And we don't just fix the bricks at the bottom. We, we go to the top. We fix the problem. And then, yes, the bricks all between are not going to have problems anymore. So let's start with our heads. Let's get our heads 
in the game. Our main idea today is that our living hope produces holy living. So the way that we, the way that we put our hope, our hope fully in the Lord, in His grace, it's going to produce being set apart and holy. It's going to produce what Jesus, the way that Jesus wants us to live. So it starts with our head. And our, I, our head, how we think, our identity drives our behavior. And that's what drives our behavior, defines how we live. That was from a Kyle Eidelman in Right Now Media. And I'm going to say, and also, it's how we love. The way that we think affects how we behave and how we live, but it's also then how we show the love of Jesus. So as you respond to this message today, I would encourage you to answer this question. This week, what, would it, what could it look like to be set apart. Now, maybe it's choosing to set your hope fully on the grace of Christ. Spending one minute every morning asking the Lord to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Him. Maybe it's choosing to live in, a way, in the way of Jesus. Thinking honestly about the way that you've been living and ask Jesus to direct you in holy living. Maybe it's choosing love, the love deeply with the heart of Jesus. Picking one person to sacrificially and deeply love this week. Whatever it is, take a few moments and talk to Jesus about this. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are good. Lord, I pray that we would taste and see that you are good and cling to you. Lord, I pray that as, as we think about living holy lives, that God, you would, you would give us what we need, and what we need we know is more of you. So Lord, we pray that we would abide in you, by your Spirit, Lord, we pray if there's, there's things that we need to confess in our lives, Lord, that we would, your Spirit would just convict us of those things and we could confess and be right with you, Jesus. We pray that we would be thinking radically, having hope in you alone, that we would be people that live differently, Trusting in the promises that you give us. Trusting in, in your grace. That we be people that, that love and forgive others. That we be set apart for you, Jesus. And we pray that, that people would, would see the hope that we have. And come to know you, Jesus Christ. Pray this in your powerful name. Amen.